The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He leads me in the path. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for my name, for his namesake. You know, this is a beautiful psalm all the way to the end. And David is trying to help us to understand what the Lord has done for us. We're quick to receive our salvation when we give our life to the Lord, right? Jesus is my Savior. Sometimes we're a little bit slower about allowing Jesus to be our Lord. Is Jesus your Lord today is the question. Is he your shepherd? Are you following him? When we take a closer look at the first three verses here, and we recognize the fact that if he is our Lord, we're following him, then as the next part of that first verse says, I shall not want. Well, if we look a little deeper, it says, I will not lack. We may not have everything we want, but the Lord takes care of us and we have what we need. But it's not just uh, the things that help us get through life as far as um, material things and food and such. It's also about the truth in the Word because the Lord is the Word. And the truth of the word is literally what gives us that freedom to operate in Christ. But many times, uh, and I have to admit that uh, when we go to the next verse and it says, you know, that uh, he made me to lie down in green pastures. A lot of times the grass looks greener on the other side. And I have to admit that I, I've been one of those, one of those people that it, it, grass usually looked green on the other side. And I was working hard to get to that other side. But that's not always the case. And what I want to do is take a closer look at this. It says, it actually, the translation actually says, pastors of tender grass. You realize there's a big difference between something that looks green and something that's tender grass, right? So the Lord has us in a pasture that's tender grass. But we see this over here green. So I live out in the country, and the way the wife manicures the, the front yard and stuff and mows it, it looks beautiful. And from the road frontage, it's very green and looks really nice. But we live out in the country, so weeds are everywhere. So if you take off your shoes and you start walking through there, all of a sudden all them little stickers that's underneath start sticking your feet. And you realize, yeah, it, 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 that green grass looks good, but it's not as tender. But the fact of the matter is, is that the Lord keeps us in that pasture that's tender, right? And so that, that goes right hand in hand with it. He leads me beside the still waters. It, if you look at that a little deeper, it says... Uh, waters of rest. So the Lord tells us if we're weary, if we come to him, he'll give us rest. And that's in that tender grass. And that's beside that restful water that we could be restored. And he begins to restore our soul. And he leads us in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Now, what does that mean? He lives in the path of righteousness for his namesake. This is very important to pick up on this because what we're talking about here is our authority in Christ. If you gave your life to Jesus Jesus is your Savior, then you've been set free from sin, you've been, he paid the price for your freedom, and you are literally uh, righteous in Christ. Now, it's your spirit, man. Remember, you're, you're created in the image and likeness of God, right? You're absolutely amazing. I just want to tell you that up front. And, but you have a, what? A spirit, a soul, and a body. 
So your spirit man is what is made righteous in Christ when you give your life to the Lord. It's our soul that we got to work on. The Lord has to work on, actually. And so he's restoring our soul. And what is that? It's said that our soul is our mind, our emotions, and our will. <clears throat> so as we continue to work on that, and the Lord continues to work on us, actually, then he restores our soul, meaning that our mind starts to line up with the Word of God. But it's up to us to stay in that Word of God. And we're going to talk more about that as we go. But I just want to reassure you of that righteousness in Christ. Because 2 Corinthians 5, 12, uh, 21 says, uh, He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In who? In Christ. So throughout this uh, message today, I want you to pick up on that every time that you notice that the terminology is referring to you in Christ, because that's the key. You have authority in Christ over the enemy, but the en and the enemy knows you have that authority if you're a child of God, but if you don't know it, the enemy's not afraid of you at all. So you've got to walk in that authority. You've got to claim that. So over the course of this message, I want to just reassure you in that righteousness that you have. Because if you're still caught up with what you're doing, the good news is it hasn't really got as much to do with what you're doing. Because it was what? A gift of grace by God through your faith in Jesus Christ that you have that salvation. So it's nothing we can do. It's not our good works. Uh, it's literally by the gift of grace through our faith in the finished works of Jesus. And then it says, but of him, but of God, Father, you are in Christ Jesus. Here we are again, in Christ, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Now, we throw those big words out there a lot of times. And so this first uh, point is going to kind of break that down and explain it for you. And this first point also, by the way, is not just a point. It's a proclamation that you can speak over your life during your devotion time. And so I encourage you to use that. If you're using the handout, most of the scripture references, the scripture references are here, but, um, and you have to get in and dig it up a little bit, which is fine because, you know, this is where you want to be anyway, right? But, but my point I was going to make with this is, if you've got the Bible app, all the scriptures are already there. So email it to yourself so you can get in the study and, and dig into it. So uh, the first point, I have been redeemed, which means I've been bought back, delivered from captivity of sin and the devil. My price, the price for my sin has been paid by the blood of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. His resurrection assures my justification in Christ. I am made right with God in the righteousness of Christ, sanctified, set apart by faith in the finished works of Jesus Christ, a reborn kingdom heir. I want you to receive that today. I want you to make sure that you recognize that you're righteous in Christ. Now, that's your spirit, man. So, you know, you know, you may still, the enemy's still trying to tell you some lies and work on you, but that's your that's your soul. That's your mind that's being restored. And the more you're in the Word, the more it gets restored. But the fact of the matter is, is be careful what you receive. Like what I'm up here telling you, don't take me for my Word. When you get home, open that up, dig into it, and do a study. 
because that provides you a quality time with the Lord, number one. But number two, you got to be careful what you receive because here's something that I've heard forever. And so I'm sure you've heard this. Your righteousness is nothing more than dirty rags. That's not very encouraging, is it? Well, guess what? The verse right above it, if you actually go do the research, says you must be saved because your righteousness, meaning us by ourselves. But if we give our life to the Lord, in Christ we are righteous, our spirit man is. And so we, we want to dig in and make sure that we uh, don't get, uh, don't misinterpret the scripture and let it be counterproductive to our growth. So I want to look at John 15, verse 1 and 2. It says, I am the vine, my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me, in who? In Christ Jesus, right? Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that they will be more fruitful. Now listen, if you gave your life to Jesus, you fall into one of these two categories. But the good news is every branch in me, every branch in Christ that says does not bear fruit, if you look a little deeper and dig a little deeper, it says lifts up. So the beauty of it is, is that here it is. The vine dresser that's taking care of the vineyard has a bucket of water at the end of the vines. And this, this vine that's fallen down into the dirt, <clears throat> that's having trouble, he comes and he picks it up and he gently washes it clean, just like the Lord does us. And he picks it up and he gets it up where we can get in the light. And so with it, within the light, begins to grow and mature. And in that word, in that light, then it's, it starts to become fruitful. But initially, when it's not fruitful, that's okay because you're still in Christ. You're still righteous in Christ. And if you aren't fruitful, guess what? He's going to continue to prune you because if you think about that plant or that tree, fruit tree, it's an ongoing process. The pruning process is a lifetime thing. But it's good to be pruned. Because why? Because you're being fruitful. And he's found you fruitful, so he's pruning you. That's like, uh, you know, um, blessing and favor for obedience is what we're talking about. So what does it mean to be fruitful? So what we're really talking about is sharing your testimony. Is literally what we're talking about. Reaching others. That's being fruitful. Every person that you sow seed or you lead to the Lord, that's being fruitful. <clears throat> You're walking the Lord. Your testimony as you uh, just walk out life. You know, sometimes uh, we, we really make more traction by what we do than what we say. And a lot of times, because sometimes our mouth can get us in trouble, right? So... Um, what I, want to, what I want to build you up in right here is the way that we become more fruitful and the way that the Lord lifts us up as we're growing into that being fruitful or pruning being more fruitful is that we keep in mind, as Hebrew 4.16 says, that we can come with confidence before the Lord to receive His mercy and grace in our time of need. Now, I want you to think about that. God's holy, righteous. Everybody agree on that, right? So if we were righteous... In Christ, we couldn't come before him. But the word tells us we can come before him with confidence. That should build you up in who you are in Christ right there alone, right? Now, it's powerful. Grace is powerful, right? It is unconditional love, unconditional acceptance. Each and every one of you in here have a motivational gift, which is a gift of grace in itself. Because the Bible says, operating that at the level of grace it was given to you, right? Right? And that's your heart tugging at you. That's a sign of who 
you were created to be, what your calling is, because that initial motivational gift is grace God has already bestowed upon you. So uh, James 1.5 also says that if anyone lacks wisdom, ask for it. He'll give it to us liberally without criticism. Now, where we need to do all this, we get, a, we get guidance in that in Matthew 6.6. 6 says, go into that quiet place. Close that door. We're talking about your morning quiet time. You need to do this before you face the world. If you will get equipped before you go out into the world, your light will shine. Right? So you go into that quiet place. It says, go in there and the Father will be there in that secret place. And he will, uh, he will honor that and reward you for being in there. So I want you just to realize this. If you go into that quiet time devotion, you're already told you can come before the Lord to receive mercy and grace. You're told you can get wisdom abundantly. So if, if you're not sure what to do about a situation, you should begin to ask him for that wisdom, right? So, and another thing. You know God wants his will for your life, and it's the best plan you got. I mean, there's, you don't have a better plan if you haven't figured that out, right? God's plan for your life is the one that's the right plan for you. So that means that we can come before the Lord in that secret place, in our morning quiet time, and get prayed up, ask for mercy, grace, wisdom, and the will for God, God's will on our life. That alone equips us for the day, right? And then you go ahead and... And, and seek him out even further. But the fact of the matter is, the scripture says that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. If you have gave your life to the Lord, you are in Christ. You have authority. If the enemy can keep telling you that old lie, they're called schemes, people. They're called schemes. And whatever it is, that you're in a little struggle with, if you think about it and you look at it real close and examine it, the Lord's been using that on you your entire life. He might have put a little different spin on it, but he's not, real, he's not very original, actually. So you can pretty much see what he's been up to. And so uh, that takes us to the next point, if you will. Once again, it's a proclamation that you can use and speak over uh, life over yourself to come against the enemy. Through the blood of Jesus, I am justified, acquitted, not guilty, reckoned righteous, made righteous, just as if I had never sinned. <clears throat> if we are, however, if we are out of fellowship, we are out of the light. And if we're out of the light, the blood no longer cleanses us. <clears throat> While I walk in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses me now and continually from all sin. And I need to back up for a second because I managed to skip a very important verse. So if I take you back, for a second to 1 John 1 7. 1 John 1 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That's a very important scripture. You know what it's talking about? What we're doing right here corporate gathering for us to come together in service, to build each other up. Arn sharpens arn, right? What we don't want is a hidden part of our life which opens a door for the enemy. We just want to step out into this new relationship with the Lord, this old relationship with the Lord that we need to be renewed or 
continue to grow wherever we're at because the fact of the matter is if we're in Christ, we're either being lifted up to be fruitful or we're being pruned to be more fruitful. Either way, it's the love of God. It's the grace of God and our faith in, in Jesus Christ. And the scripture says that his spirit uh, is a witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And everyone uh, through the spirit eagerly awaits for the hope of righteousness. Now you're saying, well, you said I was righteous a minute ago. Now I'm waiting for it. Well, that's our soul that we're talking about. We're still trying to get our mind renewed, lined up with the ways of the Lord. And we're still trying to, so we're still trying to get our soul renewed. So uh, we have that hope, though, that we're going to get there. And because we are walking this out with the Holy Spirit. And so we continue to try to purify ourselves by being in that relationship with the Lord. And Romans 5, 5 says, And hope does not disappoint because the love of God was poured out in your heart. Now, I don't know about you, but I didn't know what love was before the Lord poured out his love in my heart. I wish I'd have known it long ago. Um, but that's okay, because the minute you feel it, you know what you're supposed to do, because you know as well as I do, no matter how bad the world gets, the love of Jesus is the answer to all of it, to all of it. Jesus said, I am the light. Then he went on to say, as long as I am in the world, I am the light. Then he said, you are the light of the world because guess what you're in christ that's the whole point so you've got to step out in that authority in christ and first uh, corinthians six nineteen says or did you not know that your body is a temple of the holy spirit who was given to you who resides within you you're not your own you were bought with a price now this is a big deal this is the promise this is your guarantee of your salvation. The Holy Spirit, it literally, Scripture literally calls, literally states that the Holy Spirit being given to you is your guarantee of salvation, your promise. And so he's in it with you. And he's right there. He, he's residing within you. When the Scripture says, ask and you will find, seek and it will be given, knock and the door will be open. I don't know. I'm thinking I get up now. I said this earlier in the first service. I don't really know if Pastor Key started this. I heard Miss Diana say it too, but you've heard it if you've been around here a minute, and I love it, is good morning, Holy Spirit, right? So guess what? Good morning, Holy Spirit. Please come and join me and be my teacher, my guide, my comforter. Come in here and teach me the truth of the word to set me free from the enemy's lies and deception, right? Now, you know how when you hang around somebody for a little bit, if they've got a catchphrase or a habit, you tend, if you stick around them a lot, you kind of pick up those things. Uh, you know, uh, cool, sweet, you know, any, any little catchphrase, right? You kind of pick, if you round somebody a lot that has something like that they say all the time, you start picking it up. That could be a bad thing. But guess what? The more time you spend in the Word with the Holy Spirit, you start picking up some good things, Right? Because the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now listen, I think they're in that order for a reason. Because before I knew the love of Jesus, I couldn't hardly have any of that, right? But with the love of Jesus, 
Now I have that joy bubbling up that we talk about, that we hopefully experience. And that joy's bubbling up out of us. And because of that love and because of that joy, I can walk in the peace. And I don't only walk in peace, I walk in peace in the preparation of peace so that I can have that witness. Because if I'm walking around anger and being confrontational, then I've already let the enemy steal my testimony. But because of that love, joy, and peace, I now have a newfound patience with others, and I'm kinder in my approach to them, and all of a sudden I'm operating out of goodness, and then I become faithful in all of those, and now I'm actually much gentler in my approach. I've always been a very matter-of-fact kind of person, and that comes off wrong a lot of times. You know, and I've, I've slowly over years kind of been able with the, hope, the help of the Holy Spirit to kind of modify that a little bit. I mean, it's still a little rough around the edges, but, you know, I'm being pruned, right? So, but the amazing thing is, is as we get all those other influence of the other fruit, we all of a sudden realize, wow, I've actually got some self-control, right? How amazing is that? So it's really critical that we spend that time with the Lord and spend that time with the Holy Spirit in the Word because He gives us the revelation of the truth to help us understand who we are instead of that lie the enemy sowed into us. But at the same time, the more we hang around Him, all of a sudden, the fruit of the Spirit becomes our core character. That's, that's a testimony right there in its own. And people that knew you from years are going to be like, man, what's going on with you? Now you have that opportunity, right? So we're going to go to the next point here. It says, my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, redeemed, cleansed, sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Therefore, the devil has no place in me, no power over me. My body is for the Lord, and the Lord is for my body. In Jesus' name. So, Jesus said in John 15, 5, I'm the vine dresser. I mean, I'm the vine. My father's vine dresser. Excuse me, I'll get it right in a minute. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you are in me and I am in you, you will bear much fruit. But without me, you can do nothing. And that's the key. In Christ, right, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. In Christ, I can do all things. Okay? So I got to get you to receive that. It's in Christ. That's your authority. And you, and you need to, you need to uh, receive that. Don't let the enemy tell you anything different. So, when we, um, when we take a closer look at that, it, it, we're talking about literally our mind being renewed and being transformed, as we mentioned earlier. And I want to um, take a quick look here at John 8, 31, 32. We often talk about verse 32, but we need 31 out. But it's very important because notice that it says that if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth set you free. But notice verse 32 starts with the word and. Well, we got to go see what the condition is in front of it, right? In 31. So the key is we got to abide in the word. What does that mean? We got to stay in the word. That's where we find the truth. That's how we get set free is by the truth that's in the word of who we are in Christ, not who the devil's saying we are. Whenever you, listen, now, the, here's the good thing. 
if the enemy's coming against you, look at it like this. Number one, if the enemy accuses you of something, and you know that's not you. Now, how do you know, how do you know if it's the enemy? You know, you know you, there's three spirits could be talking to you, basically, right? The spirit of God, your spirit, or the enemy. Well, listen. The, if it's the enemy, the enemy is going to bring, basically, condemnation guilt, and all of a sudden it's going to jump into shame. Now listen, here's the key. Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. You're in Christ. Holy Spirit is not going to shame you because that's a direct attack on your identity in Christ. He's going to lift you up and glorify. So, the, so now Holy Spirit could, could convict you of something to get you to take ownership, responsibility, repent, renounce, and get it straight, and you may need to do that. But the minute it goes past ownership so that you get it straight and goes into shame, you know it's not the Holy Spirit. It's the enemy attacking you. Now, so what you do is when that old video pops up in your head of something in the past that you know you've already asked forgiveness for, you just say, thank you, Jesus. That's not who I am anymore. Don't give him, don't give him a foothold even. And so as we do that, um, we also... Uh, and we stay in that word for that truth to know who we are. One thing you can also look at is if the enemy's coming against you and you've actually been really diligent in your devotion and you're, you're serving or you're, you know, and I'm not saying service, no acts of service and work isn't what gets you there, but we do need to serve to help build up the body of Christ. But my point is, is if you're doing you're leaning in and you're trying to do things right and you're purifying yourself and you're walking it out and really walking out and all of a sudden you start coming under attack. Don't let that bother you. Get thee behind me, Satan. It's not who I am anymore. Here's the key. If he's coming against you, you're fixed to have a breakthrough. You're fixed to have a breakthrough and he does not want you to have that breakthrough. You're fixing to realize what your call is. You're fixing to step out there and share a testimony with somebody who's lost and you're fixing to lift them up and he's trying to take the wind out of your sail so you don't do that. So, you know, you can almost look at it as a motivational thing. Just don't let him get any traction with it. The B attitudes. Matthew 5 verse 6 says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hey, we're on to something here. If we hunger and thirst, meaning we're digging into the Word with the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit's given us a revelation, He gave us a new truth, we start renewing our mind, restoring our soul, we start closing that gap between our spirit man who was already righteous when he gave our, when he gave our life to the Lord. And how do we know that? Because if we look at Hebrews 12, we got a good indicator. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful. It is sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit, of joint and marrow. Now listen. What we're talking about here is that through the Word of God, through that truth, literally that gap between where your spirit's at, righteous, and where your soul's at, needing to be restored, your mind needs to be restored, that Word penetrates through there. And that Word will allow you to be renewed in your mind. Each time you get a revelation of the truth from the Lord, 
it's a renewing of your mind and you're you're stepping into that and so we we can receive our salvation right when we talk about what jesus did he died on the cross for us he shed his blood for us and we ask him to be our lord and savior we typically receive that salvation right and as i said sometimes we we claim him as our savior and we may not really be walking it out that he's our lord and we're actually following him as our shepherd and that's the piece we got to be diligent on because that's called obedience and obedience what proceeds blessings and favor so um we have to follow that out but that salvation that we can receive if we dig a little deeper in isaiah 53 where it tells us that that we have that salvation that he died on the cross to set us free of sin if we dig a little deeper we'll find that he also took our pain and suffering to the cross some translations say disease sickness so we literally aren't meant to suffer in sickness and disease either because he took that to the cross as well so the more we can dig into the word and have our mind renewed that we can fully receive what jesus has already done for us through that authority in christ and that anointing of the holy spirit we can step into that so you were created ultimately to have that personal intimate relationship with the lord and i tried to share with you that you already have it and how to how to get even more intimate and and that's your that's your number one thing is to have that relationship with the lord but but the other thing is that right before jesus went up he gave us the great commission to share that gospel of christ with the world it says in matthew 28 it says all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth go therefore make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father son and the holy spirit teaching them to observe all things that i have commanded you and lo i am with you always even to the end of the ages listen it said all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth guess what he delegated that authority to you if you're in christ so you have the authority guess what the holy spirit has the anointing that can flow through you so i challenge you to be fruitful to get out of your comfort zone and witness to others and you can do that right in your work environment home environment whatever you're at it's you know what's that saying uh, blossom where you're at right um i my my work environment is literally a mission field as far as i'm concerned my last prayer that i pray in my morning devotion before i go to work before i blow out my candle for my last prayer i say lord help me and my team to have the wisdom knowledge and understanding to resolve the issues that come before us today efficiently and effectively with kindness and respect to you be the glory because if i can't do it with kindness and respect i am not witnessing what i need to be right so so here's the thing how do the other people that don't know jesus how do we introduce them it says in romans 10 17 that that uh faith comes from hearing and by hearing the good news of christ so if we don't get out there and share with them 
How does that happen? You know, right now the world's a mess, and we'll all, we'll all admit to it. But guess what? We're the solution. Jesus is the solution, but we're supposed to get out there and reveal him as the solution, right? First uh, Peter 315 uh, in NLT says, instead, now right before that, it's talking about how messed up the world is. And basically saying, well, don't worry about that. Instead, you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, be able to explain it. Another version says, do it with kindness and respect, which is a great approach. So I want to challenge you to get out there uh, and, and witness because that's being fruitful. And we were called to do it. It, wasn't, it was not a request. It's literally a command. And the thing about it is, is your testimony is powerful, absolutely powerful. The word says that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. The blood of the lamb means your salvation, that you're walking out. Your testimony is what God has done for you. And if you haven't done it already, I want to challenge you to sit down and write out your testimony. Type up on a word processor if you can, because it's handy to do the word search when you want to look something up later. But get it captured so that you literally can see what the Lord's done for you. Number one, it helps you build your testimony to know how to share what God's done for you to others. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you do that, it's going to be, you know, stirring while you write it. But you go back and read it after you've wrote it, it's going to break your heart. Because when you recognize all the little things that seem to be little, you'll realize how big they really were, how important they were in your life, all that God's done for you. That's your testimony. Now, you can't share that entire testimony. You don't have time, especially if you've been around a minute or two. But there's a portion of it that's for everybody that the Lord puts in front of you. So I want to challenge you on the last, um, excuse me, on the first, we moved it to the first, the first Saturday of the month. We have here at Liberty what we call Reach Day. We go out and knock on doors and try to introduce Jesus to people. So if you're not comfortable going out, come with us anyway. You don't have to be the one knocking on the door. You can walk around with us and just kind of watch and see how we do it. And here's what's going to happen. We're going to knock on the door. Some of us will come to the door and we say, hey, we're just here from Liberty to share the love of Jesus with you. See, how are you doing today? Of course, when you say, see how you're doing today, you know what's coming, right? Everything is wrong. So if you actually listen with compassion, you will hear the key to unlock their heart. And you will have that part of your testimony that will lift them up. That's why God's got them in front of you. So if you're in that group and you're out of your comfort zone and you're back here in the back and the other two people or whatever is up there at the step, the minute you actually listen and hear that key, that's time for you because the Holy Spirit's going to be tugging on you. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's going to be tugging on you. You go ahead and step up there and you say, ma'am, sir, let me share with you what the Lord did for me. Your testimony cannot be denied. I don't care how hard the person is. If you get a chance to share your testimony, you got them. You at least got seed sown. It's the Holy Spirit that brings them in. But we're meant to go out and sow that seed, to share that love of Jesus. And so, um, Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. So let's pray for harvest, or pray for the workers. So we have to be mindful. We all need to be joining in that prayer, but we also all need to be joining in the service of going out. Now, once again, you're, you're, you're reaching people can be right in your pond of influence. You don't have to go out and knock on doors. 
Sometimes, though, those people in your pond of influence are harder to reach than somebody that you don't even know. So you can practice up on the people you don't know. You might be more effective on the ones you do know, in all honesty. It really is empowering because here's the thing. You share your testimony a few times. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. I challenge anybody in here to try to share your testimony and not start bubbling up inside with joy. You just can't do it. If you actually gave your life to Jesus, you're going to bubble up, and that excitement is going to flow out of you, and that person you're witness to is going to be like, I want some of that. I don't know what it is, but I want some of that. Right? Jesus is the answer. But we're the light that's in the world right now if we operate in Christ, in our authority, in that anointing. And I want to just challenge you to step out of your comfort zone and do just that. And, and uh, the first um, Saturday is also our corporate prayer day. Uh, the intent is, as far as for our team, whoever comes out, is, and if you can't make it, then that's fine. But we, uh, we meet for corporate prayer at 9, and it goes from 9 to 10 and we typically we, we well we meet at 10 and we're done by 12 most of the time uh for the outreach so the 10 is for us to come in here for the corporate worship get prayed up and then go out uh so once again i invite you to join us and and come out on the on the first uh, saturday of the month and you will not be disappointed um all it takes is is one good knock on the door have that fellowship, pour out the love of Jesus, and that person receive it, um, it it's pretty contagious. You, you know, and I mean, you'll, listen, do you remember when Holy Spirit poured out the love of Jesus in your heart? Can you, do you remember that? Remember how the joy just bubbled up and you couldn't contain yourself and you had to tell somebody about it? Meditate on that during your quiet time. Ask the Holy Spirit to renew that, refresh that. Because that fire is what you want to carry out into the world. That's the light we got to shine. He gave you the authority. You have the Holy Spirit right here within you. Listen, you don't have to be nervous about it. Trust me. If you will step out there, the Holy Spirit will literally become your words. You know, half the time when I knock on the door and actually start witnessing to somebody, I couldn't tell you half of what I said when I leave. Because the Holy Spirit will just kind of like be your words and just take over and say what that person needs to hear. You don't have to feel like, I, that's just out of my comfort zone. Holy Spirit will take care of you. He is your best friend. He will lead and guide you and comfort you. That's what he came for. He came to glorify Jesus through you in Christ. He is not going to let you down. He is not going to let you down. So if there's anyone here today that says, you know, that all sounds good, but I don't even know the Lord. Well, you've got to know the Lord for all this to be part of your life. So it's pretty basic. It's really most people think it's too simple, but that's the way it is. Romans 10, 9 says, all we have to do is confess Jesus as our Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead and we can have salvation. Because with our mouth, we profess that we're a Christian and it's in our heart that we have the faith to believe it. So it's by God's grace, it's a gift, can't be bought, 
Can't earn it, can't work for it. Got to receive it, though. Sometimes receiving a gift, sometimes can be kind of hard. Really. But the fact is that the Lord died on the cross for us while we were yet sinners because of what he saw that we were meant to be. It ain't about getting cleaned up to come to the Lord. It's about coming to him as you are. He's going to take care of you right like you are. You might be that you might be that branch has been in the dirt. You may be just almost covered over and nobody's even noticed you. You may be like trampled down. But he's going to pick you up and he's going to gently wash you off. And he's going to love on you. And he's going to put you back up into the light so you can begin to grow and be healthy. If everybody would just bow your head right now, no one looking around. If anybody in here today, Lord... Anybody in here that doesn't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior and you would like to receive Jesus as your Savior today, if you just slip your hand in the air so we can pray with you. And the ushers will bring uh, some information for you to follow up with. Give you a couple more minutes here to raise your hand if you need to receive Jesus best decision you'll ever make if you haven't made it. I'm going to assume everybody's received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So let's pray this prayer that we will be diligent in our quiet time with the Lord. We'll follow the leading and guidance of the Holy Spirit and we will seek the truth that we can dispel the lies of the enemy so that we can walk fully in that righteousness of Christ that our mind would be renewed and our soul would be restored I pray Lord for the spirit of wisdom and revelation of your knowledge to enlighten the eyes of each and every one here's understanding of the hope of your calling upon their life that they would operate Lord in your full glory and exceeding power Lord to be your witness in such a time as this for you've created them pray the protection of the blood of Christ upon each and every one and their families we thank you Lord most of all for your son, our countless blessings, and your favor for our obedience. Pray, Lord, for your strength that we would stand true in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. To God be the glory. Thank you all. So I guess we're dismissed. Uh, you still got time to go out here and sign up for Encounter. If you haven't done it, haven't been. Thank you. Thank you, sir.